All right, and we are back to once again explore faith and pursue grace. I am Lee Grant. This is Kevin Pendergrass. And tonight we have a very special episode. This is the final episode of the Exploring Faith, Pursuing Grace podcast. Wow. Yes, it's out there. And based on the title, you probably guessed that this was coming. I'm sure that many of you were shocked to hear it. You're probably surprised. But this is something that Kevin and I, after several weeks of discussion, we feel like this is the best thing for us to do personally at this point in time. And we didn't want to just ghost everybody. We didn't want to just shut the podcast down and be finished with it. This may be a temporary thing. I feel like it will be, but who knows how long this hiatus will be. We both feel the need to sign off. We both feel the need to step away for a little while and do some other things. And we are going to be discussing why that's the case in this episode. Um, But we've been doing this. We've been putting out weekly content now for over two years. It has been a blistering pace. We have talked about a lot of things, and there are several reasons why we're shutting the podcast down. There are several reasons why we are signing off, probably temporarily, maybe permanently. Who knows? But we have reasons, and that's what we're going to get into. Who knows what's going to happen in the future? But yes, for the time being, for at least the rest of 2022, this is the final episode that we will record of Exploring Faith and Pursuing Grace. Yeah, I've learned to never say never, you know, so we may be coming back uh, in the future sometime, or we may just come back every now and then to do some episodes that we think are important and something that we would like to do, or this may just be it, you know, this this, this <laughs> may be the, the final time you will ever hear our voices, at least on the Exploring Faith, Pursuing Grace podcast, but... Uh, Yeah, as Lee, you were saying, I mean, this is something that we've been talking about in the background. And so while it seems abrupt, while this seems like it's coming out of left field, really hasn't been behind closed doors. You know, this is something you brought to me a while back, and uh, you even mentioned it a little bit on air. And really, I just wanted to get through my book before I made any decisions. And after I finished writing the book, we were still doing podcasts and And that's when I came to you and I'm like, man, are you still feeling this way? Let's talk about this. (laughs) Yeah. And so, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I mean, writing the book, it's, it's no easy task. It's no small feat. And the book provided a lot of our fodder for content. It provided a lot of the material because you're writing that book while you're working through the tail end of your faith transition. I'm working through my faith transition in the public eye on this program, on this show. And there were a lot of things, a lot of stuff that needed to happen. You have evolved tremendously since then. I have as well in my spiritual journey and in my spiritual walk as we have explored faith, as we as, as we have pursued grace, as we have attempted to exemplify the namesake of this podcast we have, we've come a long way. We've had battles that we have fought. And at the end of it, now that we are at this juncture in our lives, this is something that while it's valuable and while it's something we both still enjoy doing, there's a need for us to put this on pause. I need it for my own life. You need it for yours. And I know the book took a lot of effort. It was a lot of work and this is one of those things that that I know you're ready to to have a break. You're ready to rest. And frankly, I am too. 
Yeah. Well, first of all, we have the best audience ever. I mean, we've had a very yes. consistent audience and it has continued to grow. A lot of times we'll get anywhere from 500 to 1000 downloads an episode within, you know, a month or so. And I think you were saying we're averaging about 5000 downloads per month right now yes. in totality of all the different episodes that we have. And the good news is we're keeping everything up. So all the episodes we've ever done, they're always going to be there. So people can follow this same journey that you've been on with us. Uh, so it's not like we're deleting everything or taking anything down. Everything's going to remain up. Um, and, and that's hopefully going to be a, a consolation because when people say, well, what do we do or you know, what resources do we point people to? Point them still to the podcast uh, because you know if people have changed or if it's been a benefit to you, just as it's been a benefit to us. Well, hey, it's still going to be there. All of that information is still going to be there for everybody to to listen to. But yeah, th this is just something um, you know, Lee. We're going to talk throughout tonight's episode, and who knows how long tonight's episode is going to be? It's our last episode, so it may be five or six hours, right? I mean, who hey, knows? very well could who be. Knows? Who knows? And, and I'm going to go ahead and say I am a little sick tonight, so um, that's if if you if I sound a little stopped up, that's what's going on. Um, I'm I'm not crying. <laughs> I promise. I promise, Lee. Um, no, but it's just I'm a little stopped up, and so uh, so my throat also is. Uh, yeah, a little scratchy, but I'm feeling I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling good. Uh, but yeah, we're going to get into a lot of the the different reasons. But you were talking about the book and the the time and the effort and those types of things. And and the same thing goes with you on this podcast because I want to reiterate that we both have full we we don't just have full time jobs. We are full time business owners, and this is something that we do on the side. This is something that we started because we enjoy doing. Quite frankly, it snowballed. It took off a, a lot more than we thought it would. Um, and this is just something we wanted to do. We just wanted to have these open and honest conversations with folks because we're in a position to do that. We're not employed ministers. We're not afraid of elderships firing us. We're not afraid of church boards telling us what to do or what to say. We're simply trying to have these honest conversations. And a part of that and this is this is something too. I, I, I hope I will be able to communi communicate properly to our audience. And Lee, you can chime in with this as well. But you know, our goal when we're looking at topics is to truly look at topics objectively. And I'm not saying that to pat ourselves on the back and saying that other shows don't do that. But the difference is, we're not getting paid to do this program. We don't get paid to preach and have time during the week to do this program kind of as a as a side job that we're already getting paid for and we are not just coming on here telling you what we already believe uh, you know 10 years ago i could put out content every single day because i would have just regurgitated what i believe there was no preparation for it that's how my sermons were i mean i just got up and just regurgitated everything that i you know i believed and um, it, it's easy to do that this is something where we were wanting to take very seriously. And when we were getting guests, it would sometimes take us a while to get guests. And we weren't always able to get the guests we wanted, or sometimes things would change. We'd have to get a different guest. And so that was time consuming trying to schedule that. But also, Lee and I both were trying to read up on whatever topic we were going to be discussing so that we could be familiar with different aspects and different perspectives of that topic. And that is a lot different than saying, hey, 
Kevin, can you come on our podcast and tell us about what you know what you believe about this topic you're very familiar with or this topic that you know just tell us your beliefs about this versus hey, can y'all do an episode on this and the different perspectives? I mean, those are two completely different things. And so yeah. it takes a lot of time to try to be fair <laughs> to because it's a lot easier, man. It's a lot easier for me just to come on here and tell people what I believe. But to be challenged, to read materials, to read books written by scholars, to read books written by thought leaders from different perspectives, to try to take that into consideration and, and then talk about that, it's a completely different ballgame because we're not trying to uh, to make anybody happy. Like we're not in the back of our minds thinking, okay, we always have to, to, to veer toward this side, you know, or we always have to kind of protect ourselves. We're never thinking that way. That's not how we're thinking. We're thinking, well... Okay, this is the topic. What are the best arguments for and against? And let's discuss it. And whatever, whatever the conclusion is, that's what it is. Uh, and, and we let people decide that for ourselves as we are constantly growing and studying. But the point I'm making with all this is that this is very time consuming. It's not just coming on once a week and talking for a couple hours. It's the preparation and the work and the mental energy that goes into it prior to do it, to do the the to, to, to do, do it justice. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To do it justice. Well, and I just want to reiterate what you're saying there. You know, back in the day, whenever I would preach, whenever I was still learning all of the doctrinal tropes that I've since discarded because I don't read the scriptures that way anymore, it would take me a long time, a long time to put a sermon together, to put a lesson together. And as I became more familiar with those talking points, whenever I became more familiar with those doctrinal tropes that are enmeshed within the One Cup Church of Christ, I could knock out a sermon in maybe an hour and a half. I could have all my notes ready to go. I'd be ready to get after it, depending on the doctrine, depending on the topic or, or whatever it was that we were talking about. Sometimes I could just get up there and riff it and not really have any notes at all. Just have a list of scriptures and just get up there and go. Yeah, And like you're saying, whenever you're already enmeshed and entrenched within a position, it's a whole lot easier to put material out. It's a whole lot easier to talk about something you already know. One of the memes that I've seen going around on social media is this question, you know, if you were asked to give an impromptu presentation or talk about something for an hour or two hours or whatever, what could you talk about with no preparation? And for me, part of that would be the Bible, jujitsu chiropractic, anatomy and physiology, and Marvel Comics. Those, I can get up there and talk about that off the cuff, on a whim. But whenever you're digging into new territory, whenever you're undoing and going through that process of undoing the doctrinal conditioning that you have had, whenever you're detoxifying your faith, and you know, for you, a lot of this has been brand new. For me, a lot of it's been brand new. We have been reading and researching and studying you way more than me. And we've, we've wanted to do our due diligence, so we're putting out a quality product. We don't want this to be an echo chamber. We never have wanted this podcast to be something where we're just talking to hear the sound of our own voices. We want it to be something that helps people. And this is not a decision that we have come to lightly to, to go ahead and sign off on the podcast. It's been something that we have both struggled with for a while, but it's funny. We both kind of landed at the same place. We're both and, and it's not to say that this isn't rewarding work, but you know, one thing we've always been is completely honest with our guests. We are both very, very tired. We have put out weekly content for the better part of two years. And 
it's it, it's been a lot of work. Like you said, not just securing guests, but also reading up and studying on the content, preparing and putting together notes beforehand, you know, texting back and forth about this or that. And there's probably, a, what would you say, somewhere in the neighborhood of eight to 12 episodes that we have recorded that either haven't aired because we felt like it was poor quality. So we re-recorded something else. Yeah. Or... You know, we redid the episode because we didn't like this. And then there's other material that we have recorded that hasn't been released because our guests would come back and say, you know what? I don't know if I'm comfortable with releasing that. I've got this and that going on. I'm afraid it could put this particular part of my job or this part of my life. You know, that could be risky for me at this point. So I really don't want that out there. And so we've sat on those episodes. We haven't put that out out of respect for our guests. So it's not just the time of recording this. It's the time of, of research. It's the time of studying. And also it, it's, there's a lot going on in life. Like you said, you're a business owner. I'm a business owner. I also teach jujitsu twice a week, sometimes more than that. I've got four kids that are always going and doing. We're active in our church. We're very, very busy. And frankly, at this point, Kevin and I are getting to the point where Though we appreciate our podcast and though we appreciate our audience and guys, we love all of you, the pace at which we're going, we're getting very, very close to the point of being burned out. And I can speak from experience on this. Whenever you do something you love for long enough and it starts to burn you out, you get to the point where you can begin to resent something that you loved. Kevin and I love this podcast and and I want to make it clear. We are not signing off on the podcast because there's no interest guys. We have more interest than we've ever had before. We're averaging 5,000 downloads a month. We're about to cross 75,000 downloads. If we kept this going, we would cross over a hundred thousand downloads before the end of the year. We have ads campaigns that are wanting to run. We're starting to get solicitation from publishers wanting us to reach out to them. They're reaching out to us to have their authors on our podcast. So it's not because there's a lack of interest. It's not because we have no audience. Our audience has grown and it continues to grow. It's purely for personal reasons. And I don't have any problem saying this for me. It's purely for selfish reasons, folks. I need a break. Yeah. And at this point, I just want to simplify my life. I mean, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to not overwork or get too obsessed with anything. I mean, you and I both, when we do something, we do it 150%. Well, we both have obsessive personalities. We, we, we get very, yeah. I mean, that's why it took me so long to finish the, the, the dang book because I was so obsessed with, Oh, I've got to read this. I've got to read this. I got to read this. I got to read this and just trying to chase everything down. Um, but, but something else. And I know that you'll, you're going to resonate with this because we've already talked about it and you feel the same way in large part. And, I hope some of our audience will understand where I'm coming from on this, but I always was was known as a preacher and someone who taught the Bible and did so on a consistent basis. I mean, I started preaching for a congregation when I was 17 years old, albeit it was about a 30 member congregation. But I mean, I started I was preaching Sunday morning and Sunday night, week in and week out. And I was still in high school when I was doing that. And while I was in high school, I mean, I was, you know, constantly having Bible studies with people, of course, telling everybody they were going to hell and why they needed to believe like I did and so on and so forth. But there's never been a point in my life where my identity wasn't steeped in 
being obsessed with with finding answers and having the answers yeah. and feeling like I have to share the answers with everybody. Um, it, it it's really just almost a curse um, that I have felt this obligation that if I'm not stressing about some topic, if I, if my mind is not constantly contemplating something, and if I'm not spending hours, and when I say hours, I mean, you know, Bethany will be the first to tell you on top of of running. Pintergrass Promos, our promotional product company. Um, I was I was spending four to six hours a day studying. Now, on top of that, and uh, I was do you know studying in the morning. A lot of times, I was studying during the day um, when I would take quote unquote breaks, and those fifteen minute breaks would turn into three hour study sessions. And and you know, I'm like, I don't need to be doing this. I mean, this is too much. And uh, you know, I'm letting other things uh, go by the wayside. And but yet. I felt that it was like my duty that I had to be doing this. If I wasn't stressing myself out on a on a Bible topic, or at least on just study in general, then I didn't feel like I was had enough hunger and thirst, you know, for for righteousness. And so I was constant. That was like my identity, man. And you know, when I resigned back in 2014, even though I wasn't preaching at that time, I was still doing a podcast or not a podcast. I was uh, doing my blog. I was putting out blog articles three to five times a week, um, putting out a lot of content. And then I started preaching part-time the following year in 2015, did that for a while and uh, continued preaching part-time through 2018. And then finally, 2018 is when I was like, okay, you know, I'm done. <laughs> like, I really am done. You know, I mean, yeah. full time wasn't cutting it, part time's not working. And because uh, at that time we had our business too. So I was trying to juggle both and I saw it didn't work out, but it was still my identity. So even throughout that, there was this sense in which, you know, I always had to be studying a topic and I always had to be sharing that with someone. I always felt like I had to be the teacher. I always had to be the answer guy. And I am at the point now where I realize, and I've realized this for quite some time, you know, that's, that's called savior mentality as some people have, have, uh, have, have deemed or it. Or Messiah and complex. That's the Messiah yeah, complex. The absolutely. And, uh, yeah, and, and it's not just within religion. Um, you know, that's, it kind of has a connotation like that, but it's, it, it's the idea that, you know, it's my job. I'm, I, I am, it's like, I'm obligated if I'm not constantly studying and sharing what I'm learning with people, that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing as a Christian. And throughout the process of writing my book, I realized that's just simply not true. Uh, you know, that, that's, that, is, that is an identity that I have placed upon myself. Um, perhaps that was projected upon me at a younger age, and I, but, I, but I liked it and I tried to live up to it. But I realized that even as I have gotten away from employed ministry now for, for quite some time, you know, full-time employed ministry, I've been away for eight years. Part-time, I've been away now for, you know, four years. But even then, I have still kind of felt that, like, that's still my position. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and with this podcast, you know, it's like each week, this is, this is what I need to be spending so much time on and I need to be studying. I always need to be looking at the next topic and I need to make sure that I know everything there is to know about everything. And I'm, I'm just immersing myself and baptizing myself and as much information as possible. And then, and then I'm, I'm discovering, or I discovered a while back, like, no, I don't have to do that to be a Christian. I don't have to do that to be a follower of Jesus. And 
so much of my focus was on academics. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. And I'm not saying that I'm going to quit studying. Don't, don't, you know, hear what I'm not saying. But now what I want to focus on is truly that, that practical Christocentric lifestyle of living in freedom, loving my neighbor as myself, treating others the way I want to be treated, doing no harm to my neighbor and bearing the fruit of that fruit of the spirit, that that Christocentric attitudinal approach and hermeneutic that I talk about in my new book. I, I really want to live that out because that's what I believe. That's that's now what I'm convicted on. And so that's where I want my focus to be. Instead of so much on, oh, I got to figure this out or figure that out or figure this out or figure that out or figure that. And, and another reason is because, quite frankly, I don't believe the Bible has a lot of linear answers. I mean, I think there's a lot of times where we just, Bible just doesn't provide a whole lot of information. And I think the Bible certainly can be interpreted in a lot of different ways, um, depending upon the situation. And I talk about that in my book, how the Bible itself handles handles itself situationally, um, depending upon what was going on at the time and place. And so when it comes to trying to just find these kind of locked-in answers, I don't believe that's even how the Bible behaves. I don't believe that's how the Bible functions. And so that's no longer the way I'm approaching the Bible. That's not my expectation. That's not what I'm hoping to find anymore. But what I have found, what I do believe in, is the Christocentric attitudinal lifestyle of loving my neighbor as myself and and bearing the fruit of the Spirit. And I'm going to tell you, that is something... That's where I want to put my efforts. That's where I want to put my focus. Um, and, and getting away from this, oh, I've got to have the answer to everything, to every situation, even if it doesn't apply to me or probably never will. I feel like I've somehow just got to have it so I can say I have the right answer. I don't I don't believe that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's that's kind of taken away a lot of that drive to to feel like I have to always be stressing myself out, but also I want to create a new identity, man. I don't want to be the Bible guy. Like I want to be the Jesus guy. I don't want to be the one who has the answers or at least thinks he has the answers. I, I want to be the guy who who loves people. When when people think of Kevin, I don't want to say, oh man, he knows the Bible. I want people to say, man, that guy really loves people. That's what I want people to say about. Well, and that right there, there's so much overlap with what you're saying and with what you've been feeling and with what I've been feeling myself, even though it's not a perfect parallel, we're definitely in the same camp and we have been. I mean, we've talked about this at length, you you and I off the air, we texted about it. You guys came over, we had a cookout on the 4th of July, had a great time. It was a lot of fun. It was good getting to visit and shoot the breeze and just be with each other, man. But And by the way, Lee fed us Wagyu filet mignons. Oh, yeah. I've got the hook on the Wagyu. You baby. are the man. Yes. You are the man. It was delicious, and I'm ready to do it again. We'll have we'll have more Wagyu filets in September, brother, so we'll, we'll make it happen then. Oh, man. But, but you know, dude, I, I hear what you're saying loud and clear, and, man, so much of that resonates with me. And, and the biggest issue, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but the biggest issue is – so much of who you are as a Christian was predicated upon being the guy with all the answers and pursuing this podcast and continuing onward with this podcast. It's something that could be detrimental to your new identity in Christ. And for your own spiritual health, you're needing to step away 
for me, I don't feel like that my spiritual health is one of those things that's necessarily in jeopardy, so to speak. For me, it's, it's, it's much, it's much simpler than that. I don't feel the need, just like you don't want to be the guy that has to have the answers and you don't want to stress yourself out about it. I'm not stressing myself out about it anymore. You know, one of the things you and I had talked about before, and I've talked to Kim about this, there are people from my previous time within the One Cup Church that would contact me, that holler at me, and I haven't heard from very many of them over the last probably year or so. Within the first six months of us leaving the One Cup group behind, I had several people that would come by the house, they would reach out, they'd send me messages on Facebook, they'd text me, they'd call me, whatever. And at that point, I was studying for several reasons. Number one, whenever we started this podcast, I was probably within the first quarter of the way through my spiritual journey out of legalism and into grace, into that grace-centered, Christ-centered, attitudinal hermeneutic. And you know, in those early stages, you were probably, I would say, 85% of the way through there whenever you and I really started reconnecting and talking again when we started the podcast. And for me, I was studying because I needed to know if the Bible isn't meant to be approached as a rule book, if it isn't meant to be treated as a Christian constitution, if it isn't meant to function in the way that I have utilized it, well, then what is the Bible and what do I do with it? And like you, I'm reading book after book after book. I'm listening to podcast after podcast after podcast. I'm reading articles from across the board, across the spectrum of Christianity, you know, from the hardcore Hebrew roots movement perspective where the law of Moses still needs to be adhered to minus the sacrifices, of course, because there's no temple all the way to, you know, not just Christian universalism, but like Unitarian universalism. Like I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm reading across the gamut because if the Bible doesn't function in the way that I have utilized it, what is it and how does it work? And so I'm trying to formulate this idea in my mind of what the Bible is and how it works. I'm reading after scholars. I'm reading history. I'm reading about the culture of the time in which the Bible emanates from. And you guys have been with me on that journey through this podcast. And if you were to ask me a year ago to defend my position on the cup or on the hair, the covering or, or Christian dress codes or tattoos or, or drinking or whatever else, a year ago, I would have said, well, this is what the Bible says here. And this is, you know, the idiom that's used. And, you know, whenever the Bible talks about the thigh is nakedness, well, it's not referring to the literal thigh. That's a euphemism that means the genitalia. And you can trace it back to this and you can see that present here. Now, my answer would be that doesn't really matter all that much. And I don't really care. I, if someone said, well, give me an answer, I demand that you give me an answer and you defend your position. I would say, I don't feel like I have to defend my position. I don't feel like I need yeah. to do that. I don't feel compelled to have to do that. I'm at a point now where I am very, very, I would say comfortable in my Christianity because for you, you felt this drive that you needed to have the answers. For me, that drive wasn't about needing to have the answers to keep my soul out of hell. It was more of of really pride driving the narrative. I wanted to have the answer so I could be the man. I wanted to yeah. have the answer so that I could articulate that answer and I could win the argument or I could win the debate or I could win the conversation. And I still love talking about the Bible. I still love talking about this stuff. I enjoy it. But the drive to be right, it's not there anymore because I don't need to be right. Jesus is right. 
And as long as I am right with Jesus, as long as I am loving God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, as long as I am loving my neighbor as myself, as long as I am exemplifying what it means to live as Christ, and I am manifesting the fruit of the Spirit in my life, nothing else really matters. Nothing else, whatever this doctrine or that doctrine is, whichever one is right, I don't really think it's it's not as big a deal as I thought it was. In fact, I don't think it really even matters one way or another. Mm-hmm. Borrow a quote from Lee Grant, though. I mean, it doesn't matter until it does. And for some of our audience, <laughs> some of these questions, they deeply matter because they are where I was two years ago, a year and a half ago. They're where you were four years ago, three years ago. And like you said earlier, for that reason, all of this content staying up. We're not pulling it down. It costs a paltry sum to keep this stuff online year after year. It costs like 150 bucks a year. It is dirt cheap to keep this material online. We are going to be keeping this material online until I die and Kim refuse, and either refuses or forgets to renew it. It's <laughs> going to be there. Our email addresses can continue to be live. You can email us. We will continue to check our email probably once a week, once every couple of weeks, and we will answer when you holler. But you know, like you, man, I don't feel that drive to either be right anymore or to have all the answers anymore. Yeah. And whenever that drive is gone, my motivation to study, which I still do, but I'm not trying to read so that I can have all the answers. I'm not trying to study so that I can know the answer to every single Bible question and understand the appropriate context for everything. That obsession for me has passed. And like you, I'm obsessed with knowing more about Jesus and being more like Jesus than I am knowing all of the ins and outs in particular of the Bible. So in that way, it really resonates with me. But, you know, if we were to continue to keep this going past this point, it really would be disingenuous because we would both be in, in it for other reasons. It, it, I really feel like this could become something that would be an ignoble pursuit it's something in which I could see things deteriorate and degenerate because I know how my ego is. And for me, I, I see those numbers in you. And I talked about this too, man. I see these numbers and I see the growth that our podcast has had. I see that we're averaging 5,000 downloads a month. And me, I'm like, well, what do I need to do to get it to 10,000? You know, we're going to hit 100,000 downloads before the end of the year. Well, what do I need to do to make it a quarter million? You know, what could we do to make it a half a million? What could we do to make it 15,000 a month? And so I see those numbers and my ego wants to pursue those numbers. It's no longer about exploring faith and pursuing grace. And for me, it could very easily go that way where it's more about, you know, being in the top because right now we're in the top one and a half percent of podcasts in the world. According to listen note statistics, I want to be in that top half a percent. And if it becomes about the ego and it becomes about feeding my ego, it's no longer a noble pursuit. And for me, for that reason, I need to let it go because my pride will get the better of me if I don't. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I feel the same way because, you know, especially when I debated, man, I was a egotistical prick and, <laughs> you know, it was, <laughs> I, 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 it was one of those things where I thought that I had to have all the answers and, no, I didn't think I had to. I, I knew, knew you I had, had all answers. the answers. You know, I I thought that that I I was the 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 one who who had it all figured out. And you know, when you when you look at when when you just look at 
kind of our past. And I, I think ego and pride goes is really can go into a lot of public speaking and public positions. And I'm not saying, of course, everyone who's in a public position has uh, a, a high ego or is prideful at all. Um, in fact, some of the, the most effective people are the ones who don't. And, and that's why they're so effective, because they're very humble and that's not what they care about. And, you know, I, I didn't care about that for a long time after I changed. And as you pointed out, kind of getting into this podcast, you do start thinking about those things again. Like, oh, wow, we're actually getting some, you know, a lot of people are listening to what we're having to say. And every now and then you want to flex your muscles a little bit and you want to tell people how much you know. And then that becomes kind of the driving force yep. is, well, let me demonstrate how much knowledge or information that I have. And as you pointed out, you're not really doing it for a noble cause or reason. Um, you're doing it more to pad the ego a bit and even validation or affirmation, um, you know, because you, you're you doing this as a sense of, okay, I want to have these answers so I can validate what I'm doing and I can feel good about what I'm doing and uh, I can have people tell me that they agree with me and that makes me feel good. And of course, who doesn't want some sort of validation or affirmation? I mean, we all do to an extent, but that shouldn't be the end goal. And I want to kind of go back to something you were saying, because I, I, I want to explain to people how I've changed and what that looks like, practically speaking, because, you know, before... When I disagreed with someone, okay, so I get questions all the time. Well, what about instrumental music? And, you know, we still get questions all the time. We do. And, you know, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? And what most people are looking for is a magic bullet. They're, they think that if there is this, this one argument, they're going to take that to their church leadership. They're going to take that to their elder or their pe preacher or pastor and, and, and just say, here it is. Here's the answer. And that's going to change everything. The reality is, and I'm just going to be honest, the reality is most people are not persuaded by sound evidence and argumentation. No, they're, they're just not. not. Most, most people could care less about that. And, and by the way, myself included. Now, I would like to think that I'm just this logical guy and I'm constantly only following the evidence and that's all I care about. The reality is we all we all are very biased. <laughs> and even when we are objective, there are still so many blind spots. And what I started realizing over the past over the past several years, but especially probably over about the past year, is that what changes people is how you treat them and their experience with you. So I may have the best argument. So if I'm talking to a, a, a member of the One Cup Church of Christ, Lee, I may have the best argument to prove why you can use multiple containers for the Lord's Supper. And believe you me, if I ever run across a member of a One Cup congregation, that's going to be what they want to talk about. Absolutely. I can engage them immediately on that. And we can go into combative mode, right? And we can just start we can just start trading punches. They're going to show me the verses why they believe in only one container. I'm going to show them why I don't believe. And we're just going to go back and forth and back and forth. And even now, even though I believe in a different approach to Scripture, I can even say, well, I believe in a, uh, you know, looking at Scripture from this point of view, and I don't look at the Bible as a law book and so on and so forth. But even then, we're still just going back at it, going back at it. Or I can take a completely different approach. 
and try to develop if this is something you know that is feasible. I can de- try to develop a genuine friendship, relationship, acquaintance with this person, and do everything I can to try to work with them, build unity with them, despite our differences on that topic. Now, they still may feel like they need to draw the line, but whereas before, my main objective is I'm going to prove them wrong, I'm going to bring the logic, and I'm going to show them why they're wrong. I'm going to I'm going to bring my syllogisms and my arguments and I'm going to quote my bible verses and my one-liners and I'm just going to, you know, take them down. That's how I used to do it. Now, my whole goal when I'm talking to someone and I use one cup as an illustration, but someone in, who goes to church across that doesn't use instrumental music or even a Calvinist, you know, my main goal is how am I going to be able to see this person as a person, someone who is made in the image of God, who I can love despite our disagreements, and how can I be a positive influence in their life and do everything I can to build bridges? That's all. That's what I'm thinking about now. At least that's what I'm trying to think about. And that's a very different approach than how can I prove them wrong on Calvinism? How can I prove them wrong on the One Cup? How can I prove them wrong on when they bind it, you know, saying it's instrumental music's a sin? How can I show them that's not the case? I don't care about that. That's not my goal. And and I was telling Bethany this. I said, you know, when you read the gospel accounts, especially in the life of Jesus, Jesus very rarely talks specifically about topics. And even when he did, it was either because someone had asked him a question or he just touches on it as an as a side example. Like in the Sermon on the Mount, he brings up a whole bunch of issues, but he really doesn't get into depth with anything. He just kind of touches on them. And even then he's getting to the heart of the point of how we should read, read the law and how we should apply it through the lens of loving God and loving our neighbor. But Jesus really is never too issue-oriented. He's always concerned with how we're treating one another. I mean, we see this with one of my favorite uh, stories of Jesus is, of course, the Good Samaritan. I mean, we, we see that with how Jesus is teaching what the law is all about, what following him looks like. And we get so consumed with, well, I'm going to prove this person wronger, even when we have good motives, even when we have, uh, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meet with this person so I can convince them of the truth. Even when we have good motives, we can miss the point. And because I have changed, and, and, and by the way, just like, as I said before, most of us don't change just because of a logical argument. We have to experience something first. The past year and a half, I've been able to have some really good conversations with people who prior were calling me false teachers, some who had even withdrawn fellowship from me. Now we're talking again. And because I'm not forcing their hand. I'm not forcing the issue. In fact, when we discuss, we don't even talk about the things we disagree on. Um, we're just trying to talk about what's going on in each other's lives. You know, we 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 actually have a relationship, and we're trying to build on that. To me, that's what loving your neighbor as yourself looks like. That's what it means doing no harm to your neighbor. That's what it means to treat others the way you want to be treated. Is looking at them and not seeing their position. Not seeing, well, what is their doctrinal position on this and what do they believe about this or this, but instead looking at that person, seeing them made in the image of God and doing everything I can to to in, to to have a positive influence on their life, to treat them the way I want to be treated, to do them no harm, to build bridges and to work together. 
that that's that's what the, what my focus is. Well, and I think that in saying that, if our audience takes a look, because this is going to be the I think the one hundred and sixteenth or one hundred and seventeenth episode that we recorded that we published, and if you look at our titles and you look at the progression of our podcast, there has been a veering away from particular topics and doctrines and other things into this more, more holistic approach to Christianity of loving neighbor of loving God. We've talked more about, you know, how to in, in recent episodes, we've talked more about, you know, dealing with uh, manipulation. We've talked about, you know, the problems or, or some solutions that are out there with deconstruction and different people that, that can help along the way with deconstruction. We've, we've discussed those things, but to remain entrenched whenever the topics are either no longer of interest or no longer applicable or, or obsolete as they've kind of become for where you are and where I am in my walk to continue to do that, it's disingenuous because you're undoing what it is you're trying to accomplish in your own life. We're remaining focused on something that could hold us back from truly being Jesus to other people. And whenever you say that about experience, I can't help but think about so many of the good people that I would have condemned to hell you know, a long time ago because they were Calvinists or they were Baptists or Methodists or whatever else. You know, They weren't a part of the true church. They weren't a part of the, the Lord's church, the one true church that was established in 33 AD, amen, and forever and ever, amen. You know, it's whenever you begin to meet people that come from these different walks of life and you meet people in these different denominations— and you see them manifesting love for God. You see them demonstrating love for neighbor. You see them manifesting the fruit of the spirit. And they may not even be able to tell you the names of all the books in the Protestant Bible. It, it really calls into question your motives. It calls into question, at least it did for me, my experience with other people was a big factor in the recalibration of my faith towards something more Christ-like. And one of the things that, that I've said on this podcast, one of the things that I have said to friends of mine is whenever we talk about these things at the end of the day, what it boils down to for me is, you know, who is the God that we serve? What is that God like? And, you know, a, a good, just loving God is not going to condemn someone to hell because maybe they buy into the penal substitutionary atonement theory rather than the Christus Victor theory. Well, you had a different perspective on atonement theories, which is something we never really got into on this podcast all that much. But, you know, it, it's like if God isn't going to condemn somebody for that reason, then why would he condemn someone because their opinion or perspective on baptism is different than mine or their opinion or perspective on the communion is different than mine? Are they loving Jesus? Are they manifesting that love in their lives? Whenever you begin to experience life with these other people and they're demonstrating all that, it makes it nearly untenable to remain in that strict legalistic judgmental paradigm. Yeah. Well, you're still seeing the other. Yeah. And you and I have talked a lot about this, how I have struggled with this in particular, about how when I changed, I still, you know, I just kind of traded sides. Um, you know, I, I was still the same person. And then I saw the legalist, quote unquote, as the bad people. Yeah. And, you know, even even labeling them as the legalist is a way of of, of distancing myself. Well, they're the legalist. They're they are they are those types of Christians. And 
in doing that, I'm falling prey to to the 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 whole problem that we're discussing here and that is we get so wrapped up with wanting people to see things the way we see it all these little uh, you know minute things and we may not think they are but all these specific things well we we want people to see things just like we want you know we see them and and a lot of that comes back to validation you brought that up and I know we're, we're probably going to you know circle back around to that and talk about that a little bit more but what the, the reason I'm bringing this point up is because to me, and I, I and you know, I want to make this as clear as as I possibly can. My goal now is not to get churches to start using instrumental music. My goal is not to get churches across to start using multiple containers. My goal is not to uh, to you know to to take people who believe, as you pointed, in different atonement theory views. And say, well, you've got to see it the way I see it. You've got to see this issue just like me. Instead, my focus is, well, let's let's look at the fruit of the Spirit and let's focus on that. So you may believe one thing about the atonement. I may believe another, but we, we, we both believe in an, an atonement. We both believe Jesus died for us, but we understand that differently. Well, guess what? Are we bearing the fruit of the Spirit? Are we focusing on that? Are you simply wanting to convert me to your way of thinking on a specific issue, not how we are to treat one another, not how we're trying to bear the fruit of the spirit? Because if so, I'm not. I'm not interested in that. Yeah. I, I don't. It, it, as you point out, I don't really care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If it does matter, if it does matter, then we fall back into the trap of everyone has to believe just like me in order to go to heaven, and. That, at its very core, is legalism. It doesn't matter how much freedom you think you have. If you're in this view, and I've had people reach out to me, and they've actually, they, they, they were upset because I talked about how there are a lot of good people who love God, who have good hearts, who are still in very legalistic churches, and who still believe in a lot of legalism, practice a lot of legalistic behavior. And someone said, well, how can you say they're okay with God? You know, they've got to change. They've got to repent. They've got to yada, 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 kind of just the same old, same old. Yeah. And, and you know, people I know will, or, or people, or I know people will come back and say, yeah, but isn't it our job to evangelize? Isn't it our job to, to teach the truth? Isn't it our job to do this? Isn't it our job to do that? And my response to that is, you know, First of all, I have a theo, you know a theological response, which is I don't think the Great Commission was ever given to to us. But <laughs> second of all, um, the the best way that we can do that is by influencing other people in our lives by loving our neighbors as ourselves. That's what Jesus did. Jesus Jesus went around and he ate with people. Jesus went around and he hung out with people, and he influenced them by the way he treated other people and the way he treated them as well. Well, and you can't do that without experience. And to yeah. me, like like you said, you can get into an argument with someone all day long. You can bring the best, most sound and valid logical points to the table that you want to bring. You can make the best argument, the best crafted argument possible. Some people, I'm one that might be convinced by that. But experience and experiencing that love is going to be way more powerful. And I, and I can't help but think about jujitsu in this. You know, Brazilian jujitsu and a lot of the different grappling arts are some of the most effective forms of self defense ever ever devised. 
And there was, I, I have some students who, who were training with me. It was a couple of young men and their dad, he was like, you know, I don't know that this is really something he had done Taekwondo whenever he was a kid. He was like, well, I don't know just how effective this can be if they're not straight, you know, training any strikes or anything like that. And so his son's talking to him, his wife's talking to him, and, and she asked, um, their mom asked if I'd be willing to talk to their dad. And I was like, well, yeah, I'll talk to him. So we were talking about jujitsu and we could have a conversation about jujitsu for three, four, five, six hours. It doesn't matter. So instead of trying to convince him of why jujitsu is so effective, I said, well, come on the mat and let's roll, man. Let's just have a friendly roll. Let's get after it. Let's see how it goes. So he comes on the mat and I say, let's really, you know, try to duplicate a self-defense situation here. I said, we won't punch or kick, but we'll open palm strike, but we'll strike really lightly. Just little taps to, to mimic those, uh, um, what's it called? Those, uh, strikes that could take place. And so we did, we rolled and in that process, you know, I, you know, I was able to demonstrate just how effective jujitsu was. That five-minute round, we rolled for five minutes, that was way more effective. That experience was far more effective than me trying to tell him about all of what the Gracies had done and what, you know, Jigoro Kano had done and how it, you know, Hoist Gracie demonstrated at UFC 1 through UFC 4 the superiority of jiu-jitsu. Being able to sit there and actually roll that experience is what convinced him, you know what, there's something to this jujitsu stuff after all. Yeah. And whenever I think about the different people that I've talked to, and I think about all of these doctrinal conversations that I've had with these folks, none of them have been, or very few of them have been convinced. Very few have changed their minds on the subject. So if someone is seeking, they're going to be open to it. If someone wants to, to if, if someone's looking for a better way forward, that's when those conversations yeah. can happen. But so often we are so entrenched with where we are. We dig our trenches, we put up our sandbags and we fire across at each other. And yeah, at the end yeah. of the day, no one's really convinced one way or another. Well, and, and I, yeah. And I want to reiterate that I'm not saying logic's a bad thing or that logic doesn't convince people. Oh, it's um, very important. I, I, believe it's, thing, I believe yeah. it certainly does. Yeah. But <clears throat> people either have to already be receptive to the logic so people already have to, you know, people will come to me, people come to you and they'll say, look, I, I, I've changed and I don't believe what I used to believe, but where do I go? You know, where, what do I do now? Well, that, well, at that point I, I can logically <laughs> present them or I can present them logically with some facts and say, okay, well, here's, you know, here's where I think you can go logically speaking. And they're, they're willing to receive that. But if they came to me and say, Hey, I think you're going to hell. If I presented them with those same facts, that's that they're not ready to receive that yet. Yeah, and and, and I, I want to be careful to say that you know we're not the ones who always have the facts, and you know you just have to be ready to receive them. We constantly are going through transformations where we may not be ready to receive. There's been a lot of things I've changed on over the past two years that when I first heard, I wasn't ready to receive it. Um, and it wasn't until later that I was able to go back to that, those logical arguments and then be persuaded after I had, I was already, you know, at, at a certain point ready to receive it because of an experience. And sometimes those experiences are as simple as realizing, Hey, I've, I'm inconsistent in my approach to scripture. So that experience opens me up to listen 
to what other people have to say. Because if I see there's contradictions in the Bible, I go, okay, well, now I've experienced this. Now I've I've heard people say there's contradictions in the Bible, but because I didn't believe it, because I didn't want to believe it, I was able to uh, allow oversimplified answers to pacify my understanding. But then when I started digging deeper and actually studying these topics and saw there were contradictions, then I experienced that. And now I'm ready to hear what scholars have to actually say about this in a constructive way. And so, you know, logic is is important. I don't want anyone going away thinking, you know, I'm saying or Lee saying that logic's not important. We just throw it out the window. Nobody cares about logic. The point is, is that logic will only either A, get you so far, or it will only help people who are already ready and willing to receive what's going to be said. Uh, and they're open to it. In most religious conversations, especially when there's disagreement, same thing with politics. You know, think of anything that is uh, usually like a very, um, it can get escalated quickly. You know, any conversation, people are not there because they're receptive to hearing new facts. I mean, when I did formal debating, how many people do you think um, on the quote unquote other side, you know, when I, when I preached that, when I debated the Pentecostal preacher, and his congregants showed up. How many of them do you think, hmm, I am receptive to hear what Kevin has to say? No, they wanted to see me get creamed. Yeah. And they wanted they wanted their position to be validated and vice versa. Right? I mean, people were telling me before, man, you're you're gonna go in there and you're gonna destroy him. You're gonna take him down because you know that's what that's what know, a debate's for, right? Bible's all about. Yeah, right. You just yeah. Crazy, you know, and that's one reason why I say I never debate again because I mean it's ego, man. It's ego. It's ego driven. Not everybody. Once again, I want to put those qualifiers. Not everybody who participates in debates are are egotistic, but uh, you know, it's it's oftentimes ego driven, and the goal is to destroy the other person, to beat the other person, to make them look bad, to make yourself look good, to validate your own positions, and um, it, it, but when you experience, when you're able to have those experiences with people and when that's no longer what it's about, you know, when it's not about me beating you, when it's not about me, uh, getting you to see things the way that, that I see it, when it's simply more than that, when it, when it becomes so much more, you know, Paul in first Corinthians 13, he's talking about love and, he, he also is talking about putting away childish things. You know, anybody can debate. I mean, earlier in the same letter to the Corinthians, he talked about how we all know that knowledge puffs up, right? I mean, everyone knows if, if you have knowledge, you feel like you're somebody. But love is, is the answer. You know, it, love is so much bigger. And that debating trying to get people to see the see the world the way I see it all the time. And before I, lo I can love you, before I can have a relationship with you, before I can treat you kindly, you've got to see things the way I see it and that type of mentality. That's immature. Paul said that's yeah. childish. Yeah. Um, we, we Christianity, I believe, Jesus is so much bigger. Love is so much bigger than that. And... And, and as I said before, I've experienced this. I mean, I am now back in some some relationships with people simply because I decided I'm not going to be the bull in the china shop. I'm not going to go in there. And it, it, now, let me say this: I still think I'm right, right? Like yeah. I, I, I still think they're wrong as far as their positions concerned. But guess what? They still think they're right, and they still think I'm wrong. But we we realize that that probably is never going to change. But what can change is how we relate to one another. 
and I, I talk about this quite a bit in my new book, when we are able to look past that, you know, we're all, denominationalism is always going to exist. As long as people, as long as people are people and have freedom of choice, then people are always going to see things differently from one another. I mean, that's just a matter of fact. We have 2,000 years of history, well, more than that, but 2,000 years of Christian history to show that that's just a, a fact. And even prior to that, we, we have uh, you know thousands of years of Jewish history to show how there was a lot of different sects and debates and views and those types of things. And so that in and of itself is never going to be solved. That's why I don't think Jesus came so that we could all agree on every single doctrinal issue. Jesus could have said, here are the issues and here's what you have to believe on all these issues, but he didn't. Instead, he said in John uh, 15, 16, 17, I've appointed you to love others and to bear the fruit of the Spirit. And that, that, I mean, I know I'm saying that over and over and over again, but the reason is because it needs to be said over and over and over again, because we've not heard that. I did not hear that growing up. Yeah. Well, and we keep saying it over and over again because it is important. And at this point, you and I are both equally convinced that that is the crux of the gospel. The crux of the gospel is Christ. The whole gospel is Christ and him crucified. And our role in the gospel is emulating Jesus to the world and being Jesus to those who need to know who Jesus is. And the problem with that is that it's it's a very difficult. Uh, well, I don't want to say difficult. It's it's a very simple way of looking at the scriptures. It's a very simple way of looking at the gospel. It's very, very simple, but that doesn't mean it's easy. It's much, much, much harder. At least for me, it is to live that out. than it is to make a list of doctrines that I need to keep a list of do's and don't do's. And as long as I keep that list of do's and don't do's, I'm okay. It makes for very poor material on a podcast to just have every episode be like, well, be like Jesus and manifest the fruit of the spirit in your life. Love God, love your neighbor. All right, that's it for tonight. And then the next episode, it's the same thing. You know, it's not going to make for, for good material, so to speak. But one of the things I want to get back to is whenever you were talking earlier, you had mentioned validation. The purpose of debate is to validate the position that you already hold. And whenever I would go to a debate, it would be to further validate my own position to hear it reiterated in a format in which logic was the centerpiece or it should be the centerpiece. And I really think that validation or lack of validation or the pursuit of validation is the chief pursuit and the chief driving factor for a lot of Christians that are ensconced within legalism. I really believe that's the case because for me, like if like you and I, if we were to go shooting and we were to have a discussion, like we went and shot whenever you had bought that 380 years ago yeah, and we would go shoot and we may have a Bible conversation here and there. And for me, I wanted to validate my position. Anytime I would have a Bible conversation with somebody and I was like, I need to convince this person that using instrumental music in worship is wrong, that having women preachers is wrong, that you can't use more than one cup on the Lord's table, et cetera, et cetera. For me, a lot of times the drive was to validate that position in my own mind. And if I could convince somebody to agree with me on those doctrinal topics, well, now my position is further validated. Yeah, And I think that's why a lot of people, for a lot of Christians, whenever people leave the fold, whenever they leave this particular denomination and go to another one, 
it's real easy to say that they've been bewitched by false doctrine. It's real easy to say that they've been led astray. It's real easy to say that, well, they're just, you know, um, deceived. It's really convenient that everyone that disagrees with you is deceived and you've got it all figured out. It's, it's super convenient whenever that's the case. But I think that that reaction, instead of looking inward and thinking, what might be some of the blind spots I have? What are some of the flaws with this hermeneutical construct? Or what are the flaws with this approach to reading the Bible? Instead of looking at that, that's scary. Because we have been so conditioned, you and I were so conditioned to perceive certainty as faith rather than faith itself. That yeah. Anything that would buck up against that certainty, anything that would undermine or invalidate the position we had, that was scary. So we needed to engage in special pleading to explain why this person who was so in and so on fire for God, which translated means they agreed with every position that I agreed with. Well, they left the one cup church of Christ behind and they went and worshiped over here at the Baptist church. Now, well, why would they do that? Well, they have to be deceived. That's the only explanation because any other explanation would invalidate that, that entire faith construct that I've built up in my own mind. I really think the validation and the pursuit of validation is the underpinnings for remaining in legalism for a lot of people. I think fear and a pursuit of validation. Well, when you're set free from that, and you're free in Christ, Jesus validates me. I'm not validated because I've got all the right answers. I'm not validated in God's eyes because I finally got baptism right. I finally got worship right. <laughs> I finally got the five-step plan of salvation or even the, the five points of Calvinism. It's not because I believe in God's sovereignty. It's not because of this or that or whatever else. Whether you're a Calvinist, whether you're an Arminian, whether you're a Pelagian, whether you're a, a freaking Molinist, whatever the case may be, I'm validated by Jesus. I'm validated yeah. by his blood shed on the cross. All this other stuff, it's superfluous and it gets in the way, for me at least, of being mm -hmm. validated by Christ. Whenever I'm trying to have these conversations and convince someone why I'm right and they're not, I'm pursuing my own validation on my own terms instead of allowing Christ to be the validating factor for me. And I have to let that go. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you've ever been in a conversation <clears throat> with somebody. I know I have where you know, I go back and I'm just like, man, I, I wish I would have said that in a different way. Oh yeah. And, and then you start questioning the position because you're like, well, if I can, if you know, well, I don't know, you know, maybe I'm not right because I didn't say it this way. And if I, you know, maybe I need to, I need to go back and kind of validate myself and validate my position because I didn't do a great job and I didn't convince the other person. So if the other person's not convinced, maybe I don't have the truth or maybe I shouldn't hold this conviction. And it really has nothing to do with 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 what's right or wrong it has everything to do with you don't feel like you got that validation from someone or because you didn't feel like you did a really good job arguing your case you know you needed to go back and almost do it again not for them but for yourself oh for <laughs> sure bro and and and, and I, I can relate to what you're saying because there are those times when i felt like everything you know if i didn't say something just the right way or if I didn't word an argument in just the perfect way, well, you know, I, I, I don't know if I can't be certain about it anymore. I have to go back and I have to rework it and rework it and rework it until it's quote unquote certain. The, the truth of the matter, however, 
is that people are always going to disagree with your position, no matter what you hold. No matter, there is not a single position that you can hold where smart people will not disagree with you. I mean, there's always going to be a position where smart people are going to disagree with you. Yeah. <laughs> and we just ha- we just have to accept that. I mean, there's going to be scholars who disagree with you. There's going to be s- people who are smarter and wiser and older who disagree with you. It doesn't mean that you're wrong. doesn't mean you're right, but it doesn't mean you're wrong. Yeah. And yet, when we pursue validation through the lens of trying to get people to agree with us, that's such an unhealthy way of viewing Christianity. And I think that's why a lot of people just talk in echo chambers, because if we're always surrounding ourselves with people who agree with us, then it makes us feel, it gives us this sense that, oh, okay, well, well, we we must have the truth because everyone's always agreeing with us. And then if we were to put ourselves in a situation, you know, if, I'm not a Calvinist. So if I were to put myself among the top scholars in a conference for a week among the you know top scholars of, of Calvinism or predestination, then you know I, I'm obviously not going to be validated that week by, by the people that are around me. Quite the opposite, but it doesn't it doesn't invalidate the the truthfulness of any position just because you're not having that constant validation. And you know I believe that people do search for answers. At least growing up in the churches of Christ, we felt like we had to search these answers because we needed validation, because that gave us a sense of certainty, because salvation uh, was dependent upon us having that sense of certainty. And and it really just feeds itself. I mean, this is why in Churches of Christ, you pretty much have five or six sermons that are just regurgitated over and over and over again. And the rest of the lessons are are you know, there's just there's just no soap to them, no. and you know you, you you're going to hear we're the one true church. You're going to hear some hell sermons. You're going to hear baptism. You're going to hear the plan of salvation. You know that's why everybody knows here believer. I mean that's why instrumental music's such a big deal because we hear it all the time. That's what's been reinforced. Why is the one cup so important in in your sect that you grew up in or that you were a part of? Because that's what was reinforced all the time, over and over and over and over. Yep. We want to we want to we want to repeat that which we feel like we have to have. And, um, you know, and and everybody does it, you know, everybody does it to some extent, but this podcast, you know, we're not, I really don't feel the need to defend my positions. I mean, if someone believes differently than I do, I'm genuinely okay with that. Now, if you're, if your interpretations are leading to, to hurting people or, or harming yourself, Obviously, I'm going to try to talk you out of that because in that situation, uh, you know, you're there. There is a lot at risk um, if you're, like I said, going to be hurting somebody else or hurting hurting yourself. But as far as just the majority of things that Christians talk about, they don't fall into those categories. Yeah. They don't. They don't. They don't fall into that. And even if it's toxic, I may try to. Uh, help people out of that if they're interested, but there's a time when you just have to let people live in their own toxicity if they want to. I mean, even God is seen in Scripture kind of allowing people to to live however they want, right? I mean, you, you can tell people don't do this, but at the end of the day, if people are going to do it, they're going to do it, and that may mean you have to make decisions, but that still doesn't mean you can't do your best to influence them in a positive way that you can't love them, that you can't treat them the way you want to be treated, and so on and so forth. 
Well, and loving people and treating people the way that they want to be treating, treating people the way you want to be treated, treating people kindly and sitting with them in that. And sometimes maybe sitting with people in their toxicity as you're working to, to help them through it and help them out of it. You know, sometimes even then you have to turn away from it because that toxicity begins to bleed off onto you and you have to let it go for your own sanity. Even in cases like that, you know, like you, the, the purpose now isn't to convince somebody of anything. And, you know, it's, it's, I, I really think you said that well. One of the last things though, that has kind of been a holdout for me that you and I have talked about is for me, it's the overwhelming feeling of letting down our audience. You know, that's been the biggest thing that has kept me from wanting to go ahead and, and wrap everything up is because we get emails from people all the time. And I'm, I'm going to pull a few of these up and don't worry if you've emailed us, we're not going to give out any of your information. We're not going to make you known to anybody. We, we value your privacy and we value your anonymity and we really don't have any desire to, uh, to, to out anyone, but we have had people that have hollered at us before. And you know what there's, I should have prepared this ahead of time and I didn't. So never mind reading this. I'm going to have to go through a lot of emails. So just trust <laughs> me whenever I say we've gotten a lot. Gotten yeah, a lot. I mean, and one of the most shocking ones was whenever someone reached out to us and said that they were at the point of being suicidal because of the faith they had grown up in and the feeling of never being able to measure up. And whenever they found our podcast, like they had a plan to end their own life. And when they found our podcast, they started listening and it, they changed their mind. Like this podcast literally saved someone's life. And whenever you hear that, it's, it's hard because you're like, man, I've got a duty to keep this going. I have to keep yeah. this going. And that's why we're leaving everything up. That's why we're going to, you know, gladly pay the paltry sum, the paltry yearly sum to keep this podcast on every platform out there and to keep it available. It's still going to be there to share, but man, I I just, I have that feeling of not wanting to really let anyone down and it kind of gets into what we talked about with, and I just went blank on her name, the, uh, the counselor crystal. Yeah. Hmm, yeah. Yeah. Whenever we had her and she talked about, you know, being codependent, it really is, an unhealthy place to be in a, in a place of codependency where I have to have, I can't be happy unless other people are happy. And like you said, I don't feel compelled to have to have the answers to every doctrinal question anymore. I don't feel the need to really defend my position. I can, and I'm glad to do it if someone asks me, but for me, a lot of this, if we were to keep this going, it would be more of an exercise in hubris than anything else. Yeah. And there's, plenty of other resources out there for other people as well. We've had them on here. They're pretty easy to find. And Kevin and I'll be glad to help anybody find any resources that, that they mean to, that they may need to help them through a particular case. But yeah, well, I was going to give some real quick if you want me to get after actually, it, actually pulled some up um, because people may ask, you know, okay, well, if we like listening to your podcast, cause I think people who it's funny, most of my friends did not listen to our podcast. Yeah. One reason is because they hear me all the time and we talk about these things a lot. Uh, so they already know. But uh, another reason is, um, you know, they're, they're long. But we had a lot of people who I think most of our listeners, which we really don't know this other than just when people reach out to us. But since we do have a consistent 
listening audience week to week, and it's usually the same. We usually can project how many are going to listen. It's it's pretty consistent. Uh, it seems to be we have the same kind of group of people listening uh, week in and week out. And so for those people, and even Bethany, my wife, she said this. She's like, well, I've gotten used to listening to y'all every week. I don't know what I'm going to listen to now. And I said, well, you're married to me. So hey, hey there you, you go, go. Right. Got, got me any time, but um, she, uh, I think she, she was talking about you, but um, you know, she's like, who, who am I going to listen to now? You know, it's I know what you say. I, I love listening to what Lee has to say. Um, but there, there are going to be people out there who want to know, well, what do I fill my time with, or what are some similar type of podcasts? And uh, so, I want to give these out. The first one is the Bible for Normal People with Pete Enns and Jared Bias. We had Jared Bias on our program probably about a year ago or so. And uh, they have a phenomenal podcast. So it's the Bible for Normal People. Another good podcast is called The Rob Cast by Rob Bell. And great, great, great stuff. Uh, another podcast is um, Richard Rohr. Um, let's see. Another name for everything is a podcast series he's done, but he has a whole lot of podcasts. If you just Google search Richard Rohr, that's uh, R O H R. Uh, another one is NT Wright. He's got a podcast called Ask NT Wright Anything. Uh, Brian McLaren, who we've had on our program, he has a podcast. He has a seasonal podcast. And uh, another one is. Um, Brad Jerzak, who has one on, I'm trying to think of what it's called. Um, I'm not sure what his actual podcast is called. I'm trying to look it up, but he does have a lot of podcasts he's done. And then also our good friend, uh, Dr. David Artman, he has a podcast that is all about Christianity and universal salvation. That's all they talk about week in and week out. Um, if you're interested in that topic, we've had several people reach out and ask about that. I mean, he he asks scholars that come on, and that's that's all they discuss. But uh, those those are just a handful of podcasts that I had written down. Well, I want to throw share two more out there for you because yeah, your list and my list overlaps tremendously. Um, one of them uh, we would be remiss if we didn't mention is our good friend Patrick Mead's podcast, Our Safe Harbor Church. It's on iTunes. I'm not sure if it's on Spotify, but he has a Monday morning message in which he goes into that Who Told You About series where he talks about different things. They also have their church services that they have posted for Wednesday nights and also for Sundays. Also, another podcast that I have really appreciated is the Naked Bible podcast by um, Dr. Mike Heiser. Um, Mike Heiser, he has a different perspective on the supernatural world and the supernatural context of scripture than what some people may be accustomed to, but his stuff is fantastic as well. So between what Kevin shared and those other two podcasts, there's a lot of good stuff out there. And you'll, you'll notice that we didn't list any with any women and that wasn't on purpose. One of the things that Lee and I have, have talked about quite a bit is you know, the whole time we were trying to get more ladies on our podcast, um, because of our background in the Churches of Christ and because the Church of Christ is so restrictive in what it allows women to do, it was extremely hard because we did not have any connections. And when we did try to reach out and make some connections, um, usually they were they were 
um, a lot more popular than, than we are. So it was hard to get them on our show or we did have a few that were able to come on, but of course they don't have their own podcast. And so there's, I'm sure there's a whole lot out there, but this was something that, you know, Lee and I were trying desperately. We really were, uh, purposefully trying to have more ladies on our podcast. Um, you know, that there are some out there, you know, um, Rachel Held Evans, of course, passed away several years ago. Her material is fantastic. Um, she was very young. I think she was only 37 or 38 when she passed away. But um, she she has great material. I don't, I don't know if she ever did podcasting, but she has a website, and they have a lot of her articles and books out there. Um, Jen Hatmaker has a lot of good stuff. Even Beth Moore. Um, you know, I, I have... Uh, she's she's a pretty she's a very big name actually, um, but she's got some good information out there, and I think she may have a podcast, um, but a lot of good information out there. But you know, and that and that's the thing too that I, Lee and I were talking about. We're not the only ones doing this. Um, there's a lot of people doing this, and I encourage you to do this. You know, if this is something, if you hate to see our podcast come to an end right now. And this is something that you've enjoyed, maybe consider starting your own podcast. You know, this is something that, that you might really like doing and, you know, keep, if, if it, you know, I encourage those who really are interested in doing this, do it, do it yourself, you know, go ahead and, and don't wait, don't wait on someone to ask you, go ahead, go ahead and start doing it. Cause that's what Lee and I did. We're like, Hey, let's just have, let's start having conversations about the Bible and our changes, and why we changed. And then it kind of morphed into, let's start having guests on the program. And then it just, and we don't really know what it morphed into, but it morphed into, let's just talk about all sorts of Bible topics. And so I feel, Lee, and I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like our podcast has has kind of come to to an end naturally. Yes. there There are topics that, yes, we could keep covering, I mean, and, and we did play those out. So this wasn't like uh, in a certain order, you know. Um, I think the one before this was on the canon of the Old Testament. And like, oh, why? it's the last one right before your final. You know, why? Well, that just is the way it landed. No particular reason. But the the whole podcast is is about deconstruction. And specifically, deconstruction from churches of Christ. I mean, I, that we, we want to be able to reach more people than that. And I think we did because people were able to relate, but even more so than just deconstruction or deconstruction from the Church of Christ, but a, a reorientation of how to relate to the Bible and how to love people the way that Jesus loved people. And yes. even when we disagree with people, instead of having bitterness, and I'm going to tell you, there are so many groups out there full of bitterness. And guys, that is not the answer. If you want to heal, don't go join a group where you're going to bash where you came from. That's not that you're not going to heal yourself doing that. You're not going to feel better. You, you it's just like someone who's drunk, they may go to the bar and, and and feel good that night. But if you continue to 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 uh, be a victim your whole life and be bitter about where you came from, you're never going to get better. Wow. You're never going to be able to experience freedom. And I hope Within all of these episodes, every now and then we got a little bitter, but I hope we we were able to do these episodes and you were able to see the character of who we are, that we are not 
about being antagonistic toward others. You know, that's not our goal. Our goal isn't to try to, uh, you know, one up people and show people how stupid they are and how cool we are and how great we are. And our arguments are awesome. And everybody who disagrees are just a bunch of morons. No, 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 no. That's not what it's all about. It's all about. In fact, that's the opposite of what it's all about. And so, you know, for those who are maybe still going through that a little bit, um, I just encourage you to just to stay away from that. You know, um, st- stay away from that kind of, of behavior and talk and start to look at, at those individuals, the people where you came from, as people made in the image of God. Yeah. It's people who, who hold, yes, hold different views than you do, hold the views that we think are wrong, hold the views that we even believe are unhealthy and dangerous and toxic uh, spiritually and emotionally. But ultimately, they are doing what they think they need to be doing, and I need to remember that. I need to remember that they're a product of their experiences just as I'm a product of my experiences. We're all products of our experiences, and this podcast has been an exercise in discussing those experiences and these new experiences that we're having as we move forward in our faith. And We've done that publicly. We've done that in full view of everybody. We've been open books. We haven't held anything back. We have elected to bring this to a close now because, like you said, it seems like we've kind of naturally come to a closing point. And this doesn't mean that it's done forever. It very well may be. But it is definitely something that for our own benefit and for our own mental health, for our own spiritual health, that we do need to step away from. And so as we get ready to wrap this episode up, and I guess for the foreseeable future, wrap up this podcast, Kevin, other than abstaining from bitterness, is there anything that you want to share with our audience before we sign off? Well, first of all, just thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for caring and uh, staying with us this whole time. For those of you who have, and there are, countless hours of material. I mean, it's, well, they're not countless. We could count hundreds them, but upon I don't know hundreds how. of hours. Yeah. I was going to say there's hundreds of hours of material. Lee and I joked and said, if you listen to all of them, then we can give you a certificate of saying that you have a degree in the exploring faith, pursuing grace podcast. But, uh, <laughs> you know, there, there's literally hours and I think listening to it in order is very helpful too. I mean, sometimes it's it's tempting just to jump to certain topics because you want to listen to a topic, and of course that's okay. But if you're if you're able to listen to it, if you want to listen to it, listen to it in order. I think is the best way to do so because you're able to get even our change. And I mean, there's been things that I have said in positions that I took earlier in the podcast. I no longer take yep. or I no longer believe, mm-hmm. and even things that I used to argue. In ways that I used to argue, if I could redo the podcast, I would probably now come at it a completely different way. And, uh, you know, but we didn't feel the need to have to always go back and um, constantly be correcting ourselves, um, you know, but we wanted to leave it up there. And we did, you know, a lot. Sometimes we pointed those things out. Sometimes we didn't just because the need didn't arise. But, uh, you know, we want to let people know that we're still growing. We're still learning and we always will be. Yep. And so even if there's something on our podcast we've said, doesn't mean we believe it anymore. And it doesn't mean that we're going to believe it a year from now or two years from now or three years from now. The point is not to look at this as the end all answers to everything, but how to grow 
and how to transform and how to to love like Jesus. And I really just want to conclude with what I talk about in my book very quickly. You know, my my belief is that the purpose of of scripture is ultimately to point us to Jesus because Jesus is where we find the ultimate expression of God. If we want to know who God is, I believe we're to look to Jesus. Yes. And in my book, I summarize three points on how Jesus approached, interpreted, and applied Scripture. And the first point was seeking the heart of the law. That Jesus was always concerned with, well, what's what's behind the law? You know, what's the point? And and he did that because the heart of the law is loving God and loving others. I mean, that's that's the heart of the law. And so that's what we always need to be seeking is, am I loving my neighbor as myself? And the second way that we see how Jesus approached Scripture is he interpreted it with compassion. He was oftentimes moved by experiences that he had, and that led him to do something he would have not normally done. And uh, once again, I talk about this in great detail in my book. We're not going to rehash all these. I'm just summarizing these points as we come to an end. And and finally, the the third point is that Jesus filtered everything through human experience that the I call it the fruit test that Jesus said that you're going to know a tree by the the fruit that it bears and so we're to filter through human experience and so if something is bearing good fruit we need to trust that it's good and if something is not bearing good fruit if something's bearing bad fruit we need to trust it's bad no matter how long we've been doing it no matter how many uh, people we have on our side, no matter how long it's been a tradition, if it's not bearing good fruit, then we need to drop it. And that's why I summarize by believing in a Christocentric attitudinal approach to Scripture, but also an approach to life, not just an approach to, to the Bible, but also approach to people, approach to ourselves, is that my goal is how can I love my neighbor and not just love my neighbor in some sort of subjective way, but as defined by Jesus, both in his teachings and also the way he demonstrated through his life. And, and he taught that love never harms another. And love always looks for the best in other people. And love is always treating others the way we want to be treated. That's what love is. And bearing the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, characteristically, we need to be united as Christians, not doctrinally. We're never going to doctrinally be united as Christians. I mean, there's all, but characteristically, we can be. We can love one another and we can bear that fruit of the Spirit. And I want to just put in one more plug for my book because, quite frankly, <laughs> you know, I, I, Lee, I told you, I'm like, this is the last book I'm probably ever going to write. And my wife laughed. She said, yeah, right. You're going to be writing one another month. I said, no, I said, I'm, I'm really not. I may, I may come back later in the future. Cause once again, I'm never going to say never, but in the near future for sure, because while I can write about specific topics and I have a lot of thoughts and ideas and views at the end of the day, this is really what it's all about. And everything else can become distractions if we let it. And, and distractions I don't can let, become destructive. Yeah, and I don't want to be distracted. And I feel like even this podcast, if we're not careful, can be a distraction from what Christianity is all about. Yes. It's not all about having the answers, as we've said ad nauseum at this point over and over. It's not about that. It's about loving one another. It's about loving God. It's about bearing the fruit of the Spirit.
Absolutely. And I think that's very well said. I know the parting words that I would have for our audience at this juncture, like you said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I would not have imagined in my wildest dreams that whenever we started this two years ago in my little gym out behind my house on that folding table, our very first episode where you can hear the air conditioner running in the background, I would have never imagined that we would be (laughs) crossing 75,000 downloads, that we would have, you know, 75,000 downloads. That we would have that number of people, literally thousands of people from all over the world, given one flying rip about anything you or I have to say about anything, man. I would have never imagined that would have ever been the case. Thank you all so much to our audience. Kevin and I genuinely love each and every one of you. And we don't just love you because God tells us we have to. We really do love you. That is something that has changed so dramatically in my life is recognizing the value of love, recognizing just how central to the gospel love is. It is the central point of the gospel. God did what he did. Jesus did what he did out of a super abundance of love for you and for me. Mm. Without love, there is no gospel. Without love, there is no Christ. Without love, There is no Christianity. There is no bond of brotherhood that binds us all together. Love is the main thing. Love trumps everything. Love trumps the cup on the table. Love trumps whether or not you can have a kitchen in your church building. Love trumps whether or not you have a piano or an organ up at the front of your building. It trumps whether or not you have a, a, a praise team or whether or not you have a woman preacher or a woman elder or whatever else. Love is central to everything. It is the primary driving force of the gospel. And without love, just like Paul said, if you're talking, you're making noise. If it ain't done out of love, you're, you're pointless. You, you have no bearing. You have no rudder. If you have no love, it is self-serving. It's a self-serving gospel. If it's not coming from a place of love, love is everything. And we genuinely love all of you. We are so appreciative of all of the support you've given us for sharing this podcast, for listening to us ramble on sometimes incoherently, but rambling on and on mostly me incoherently, but guys, we are so appreciative. I would say like Kevin avoid bitterness. That seed of bitterness is something that if it takes root, it will destroy you from the inside out. And so often, especially the deeper you've been entrenched in legalism, the harder it is to leave that bitterness behind, but it's possible. It can be done. Find people that genuinely love you and share life with them. And don't be afraid to be vulnerable with people. I've been vulnerable on this podcast. Kevin, I know you've been vulnerable too. We have both poured out our hearts on more than one occasion on this show. And we did it because it's important to be able to do that. We have wanted to model what it's like to go through. And it didn't start that way. This podcast didn't start with the intention of, Hey, we're going through a faith transition. Let's model what that looks like for people. We wanted to talk this out and it was, it was almost a form of therapy for us. It was a form of therapy for me. And it was a catalyst that helped me work through so many of those issues much more quickly than I think I otherwise would have had it not been for this podcast. Yeah. But even so, this podcast, it developed into that. It became about 
you know, what is it like to deconstruct your faith and build something else better in its place that is more in line with what God wants for his people? At least that's my conviction that I have. And that's what it is. And that's the note we're ending on. We have explored faith and we'll continue to do so. We will continue to pursue grace. We are going to continue to live our lives but in a more practical sense, we're not worried about the minutia of all of these different doctrinal positions anymore. Like Kevin, I want to love people. I want to be Jesus to people. I want to be able to stand before God on that last day and look around at all of the people there and know that I It's not, you know, of course, it's not me that got him there, but I want to be able to stand there with a clear conscience and know I love the way I needed to love. And maybe there will be people there that are there because of the love that I showed to them. They know Jesus and they know that love because I was able to be Jesus to them. That's what I want too. And that's what we all should pursue. Yeah. Yeah. And and it is all about love. I mean, that's really... Really what it's all about, as simplistic as that sounds, that is the gospel message. That's what Jesus demonstrated. That's what he exemplified, and that's what he taught us to do. And with what you're saying, Lee, that's, yeah, I mean, I couldn't say it any better myself. You know, I do want people to remember me as someone who cared about people and who loved about pe- loved people, and you know, my biggest regret in living the way that I once did is is there uh, are people who probably still don't know I've changed, and they they don't remember me. They don't they don't know me for that. They don't they don't know who I am now, and you know, I I hate that because you know that's that's not who, you know, who I used to be is not who I am anymore. And, you know, I want, no matter who's listening to this, you can reach out to me, you can reach out to Lee at any time, and we'll do our best to, to get back to you if you need anything, if you just need uh, someone to talk with. Lee and I both, we talk to people in confidentiality all the time. I mean, we, we realize the importance of, of, of where you may be in your own journey. We don't judge that. And so it, it may not be time for you to, to, to quote unquote, come out of, of the, of the theological closet yet, so to speak, but you are able to discuss those things still. If you have questions or, or resources, not that we have all those answers, but we will be here to love you. We will be here to support you and you know i'm not interested in in debating people anymore i'm just not i mean i'll i'll give you reasons why or point you to resources why i change in fact i had a conversation with somebody lee the other day and it was about an issue and they're like well i want you to explain to me why you changed on this and i said well i can give you some books and no 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 i want you to explain to me right now and i said i'm not going to do that <laughs> <laughs> I, I said i said for one thing it took me about a year of study to get to that position and you know i've got to leave in 10 minutes and so we don't have the time i said but my job is not to do your study for you yeah and 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 there have been some people who sometimes want, you know, you and I to do their study for them. And I'm just not interested in that. If if you are interested in digging deep into a subject, you don't have to hear it from me. 
I can point you to scholars who've written on the topic. I can point you to thought leaders and you can do your own study and you can come to your own conclusions just as, as I have, just as Lee has. You know, I'm not con- used to, I wanted to do everybody's thinking for them. I mean, that's why I love to debate. You know, I fed off of that. I wanted to do the, everybody's thinking for them. But I just am not interested in that. I don't have the I don't have the desire, but I also don't have the mental energy for it anymore. I mean, you know, maybe when I was in my early 20s, yeah, that that really fed the ego. Now I just could care less for that. I mean, I want people to come to their own conclusions and but I will be there to support you. Even if we come to different conclusions, I'll be there to love you. I'll be there to walk alongside you. Whatever you need us to be, we will we will try to be that for you um, as much as we can, you know, long distance. But just because this podcast is over with doesn't mean me and Lee are over with. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean that that we're done. It doesn't mean that we're no longer going to talk to people anymore. It just simply means that we're no longer going to be putting out new content. Um, at least not on a regular basis for the time being, you know, we may in the future, but, um, I was going to say one more thing, but I forgot what it was, but must not have been important. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? (laughs) You know, um, (laughs) I can, I can always come back later if I want to say something, but no, it, it just is one of those things where, um, I hope at the end of the day, uh, you, you don't remember me because of the knowledge um, or because of any kind of insights that I thought was, you know, was so wise or anything like that. Um, But I hope you remember me because of my vulnerability, because of hopefully my honesty, at least my attempted honesty. I still realize my own biases uh, can pop up and creep up from time to time. They're there. The blind spots exist, but, but I hope you remember me for those things and, and, and my love and my care for, for, for you and for other people, you know, Lee and I really wanted to do this because we did have a desire to help other people. I know, I know how dark it can be when you're deconstructing. Oh, Lee yeah. knows how dark oh, uh, it yeah. can be. And we're hoping to just let people know you're not alone. You're still not alone and you never will be alone. You know, we'll we'll always be here in some form or fashion. And if we're not, there will always be others. You're never alone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, brother, this has been a fun little experiment. And my goodness, did we get more traction than we ever thought we would? It's been a blast. (laughs) It has been a blast, man. It's been a lot of fun. And it may be something that we revisit in the future. Like like Kevin said, guys, this we're not going to say that this is goodbye forever, but it's definitely see you later. And Kevin definitely needs a break. I need a break. And it may be a very, very long one. But nonetheless, we remain here. Our email will stay up if you need to holler at us. Our email address is in the show notes, as it has been for every single episode that we have recorded and published. If you really need somebody, if you need to speak with someone, if you just need an ear, we're here. You can email us and we will get back to you. It may take a little bit of time because we won't be you know, checking it as frequently as we once did, but we will get back to you. We appreciate all of you. We love all of you. Give us that five-star review on iTunes. This is maybe the last time I ever ask you for that, but give that to us because it helps us stay visible. It helps keep this podcast near the top since we're not going to be putting out consistent new material anymore. So please do that. We love each and every one of you. And as we sign off, never stop exploring your faith. Never stop pursuing grace. And remember, love is at the center of everything. Thank you all so much. We love you all. 
and we bid you all a good night.